Jesus began his ministry, he began it with these simple words, words that might hit hit our ears a little different, but he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And he didn't just say it in word. When Jesus arrived on the scene, he spoke it and then he showed it. He displayed that God's kingdom, God's rule and reign, those first words of good news were words of not only good news, but good news seen. The deaf were hearing, the dead were raised, disciples were called, the blind saw, the possessed were freed, and diseases were healed. His message was a declaration that God was here. The rule and reign of God was to be seen and heard. And of course, Jesus was at the center of it all. Teaching, displaying God's faithfulness, healing, blessing. And in response, crowds came. Thousands upon thousands. Gathering and being fed in not only teaching, but in physical needs. They were keenly interested in this rabbi from Nazareth. And then came the speech. The speech that you just heard a little of. The speech of all speeches, the greatest sermon ever given, what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And it began like this. Brad, I'm gonna put you on the spot. My scripture reader had to leave. It was Kenny and uh, he had got called out. I want you to hear these blessings. If you will read the NIV version, I will read the message version. And I want you to hear this morning what you just saw on the screen again because it is Jesus's welcome to people that are unwelcome. It is a strange hearing. So hear this, not for the hundredth time or thousandth time. Try and hear it today. Have ears to hear and hear it for the first time. Brad, if you'll start with Matthew 3. Matthew 5, 3. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there's more of God and his rule. You're blessed when you've lost what's most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more and no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink and the best meal you'll ever eat. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you'll find yourselves cared for. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You're blessed when you get your inner world, your mind and your heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And you're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. This persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Thank you, Brad. Sorry to put you on the spot. 
You're blessed. Now, first hearing, if we were to hear this without any background, or if it is your first hearing of it, it is a strange way to start a speech, especially the most famous of all speeches. Eight times Jesus repeats this word, blessed. Eight times calling people in their lifestyle blessed. But what's strange about it is that what he's blessing them for is hardly what we would consider blessing. In English, that word blessed is hard to nail down, isn't it? We may say hashtag blessed or we might think we're blessed in a certain situation, but it's one of those slippery words that squeezes through our hands like sand as we try to grip it tight. But what's happening in the actual teaching of Jesus is more than him just saying blessed. In the Greek, he's using this word that I want you to really lean into and understand today. It is the word makarios. Makarios is the Greek word that Matthew chooses to use. And as a side note, if you want more on this understanding of what Jesus is doing, go back today and spend some time with the Bible Project as they look at the Hebrew words behind this, the words Baruch and Asherah. But today we're going to focus on Macarius because Macarius gives us so much insight into what Jesus is doing. He's saying something totally different. Macarius has no equivalent in English. Blessed hardly covers it. It's like saying y'all to somebody from the UK. They're like, what? Right? Or saying bless their heart to somebody who's a Yankee. It doesn't, we can't quite get across that southern lingo, can we? And blessed doesn't really get across what Jesus is meaning when he says makarios. For us, to be blessed is to have a state of being, right? Or to receive something. Oh, I was blessed by you. Or, oh, I received this and it was a blessing to me. And that conveys a little bit of makarios. But makarios is not a state of being in Greek. If you're able to read a lot of ancient Greek manuscripts and letters that we have from the ancient world, makarios shows up as a salutation. It's a greeting. It's what you would say when you met a friend who you believed to be beloved by you. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Good to see you. Makarios. It was a salute, a hello, a way of speaking to somebody. And plainly, and I love that, Clyde, that you said this this morning, it plainly means congratulations. Now that's weird to our ears, isn't it? It makes Jesus' words to start the Sermon on the Mount even more strange. Congrats when you're poor. Congrats when you mourn. Congrats when you hunger and thirst. Congrats for mercy. We don't congratulate peacemakers. Peacemakers are often trampled in our world, right? It's strange, isn't it? It's strange because when we mourn and when we're persecuted and when we feel left out and when we are meek, we don't feel blessed. Amen? We certainly don't want to be congratulated. Congrats on that job loss. Right? It sounds crazy. We don't celebrate the things that Jesus is celebrating. But here's what I want you to really dig into today. At the beginning of Jesus' kingdom manifesto, 
Jesus' speech about the kingdom life, what he expects of the Christian life is an invitation to flip everything upside down. And so he begins with blessing and congratulating and welcoming those who are living a part of life that doesn't seem to be wanted by anybody else. So let's see if we can make sense of this word, makarios. I want to show you what this word is because it's repeated over and over and it is the theme. Makarios, blessed, blessed, blessed. Let's see if we can make sense of this and then I pray today that by the time we get to the end of this teaching there is some eyes open and some light bulbs turned on, maybe even some minds blown at what Jesus is doing to turn things upside down. So understanding Makarios, we first need to understand what he is not doing. Contrary to popular belief about these things, we call them the Beatitudes. These Beatitudes or these blessings are not virtues. Jesus is not saying strive or aspire to these things. For example, to be meek, although this is a kind of a Christian cliche, we've defined meekness as strength under control. That's really not, that's really not the teaching here. To be meek is to be trampled underfoot, to suffer injustice. You're blessed, Jesus says, congratulations when you suffer under the boot of Rome. So this isn't a virtue. It's not like we need to go out and look to be people that suffer under injustice or suffer under poverty. Poverty is not a good thing, but Jesus yet is blessing those. So these aren't virtues. Although some of them are virtuous, it's not as if Jesus is telling us to go out and get them, nor is he commanding us to somehow be about these attitudes. These aren't commands to go and do. Go find yourself something to mourn about. Yes, there's some that we should seek, but these are not commands. What these are, are good news. Jesus is proclaiming his good news. He's proclaiming that God is near to the sad and to the lonely and to the meek and to the poor. Good news is that when you find yourself in these places, congratulations, because even God reaches into that moment. Now this really starts to come alive when we compare Jesus' words to our culture of what we believe is blessing. What we believe is most important. What we want to attain. And even to take a moment and look at Jesus' culture. In 175 BC, there was a guy named Ben Sirik, or Sirik, however you want to say that. And he wrote this. It was a popular writing. It's actually in the Catholic Bible, the book of Sirach. Um, and in Sirach 25, 7 through 9, there's a list of 10 blessings. I don't know if I put them all on the screen here, but I want you to hear these. Notice this teaching from ancient Judaism before Jesus' time, 175 years before Jesus came on the scene, give or take a few. Here's what they, this person, this wisdom writer called blessing. He says, I can think of nine whom I would call blessed, Makarios, and the tenth my tongue proclaims. A man who can rejoice in his children, all right, that's a blessing. I don't think Jesus would argue with that one. A man who lives to see the downfall of his foes. Okay, now we're seeing a little bit of an issue. But this guy's saying a blessing is to put people under my feet. If you're my foe, I am blessed when I win. 
Sound familiar? It's not so much that I want you to lose, it's that so much I want to win, right? That's an attitude we live by. Happy the man who lives with a sensible wife, okay? I don't know what to say about that. I will say nothing about that. And the one who does not plow with ox and donkey together. In other words, one who has their farm put together. They have two ox and two donkey if they need them. They don't need to mix animals. They can't walk at the same speed. They've got abundance. Happy is the one who does not sin with the tongue. We can agree with that one. But listen to this one. And happy is the one who has not served an inferior. Happy is the one who finds a friend and the one who speaks to attentive listeners. What a contrast to Jesus' words. This sounds like it was written by Dwight Schrute from the office. I don't speak to subordinates, right? But that is so common. And although culture and technology has changed, our idea of what the good life is, what happiness is, what we congratulate, what we're blessed by, those things sure haven't, have they? If we're honest about our own desire to be blessed, our list and Syrox probably wouldn't have too much different, but instead would have much in common. An American idea of the Beatitudes might even sound like this. Blessed are the boastful and proud, for they're the true patriots. Blessed are those who have received the most, for they will receive the most comfort. Blessed are those who can hold a grudge the longest, for vengeance shall be theirs. Blessed are the rich, for they will be envied. Blessed are those with the most followers, for they will become influencers. Blessed are those who ignore the poor, for theirs is the assurance that God loves those and helps those who help themselves. Which is not biblical, by the way. Now, those are hard to hear, right? But yet, when we're honest, we know that that's true. We're inundated every day with this message that stands in opposition to Jesus, a message that a good and flourishing life is connected to those kinds of blessings, wealth, abundance, revenge, grudge, gossip, right? Getting my way, winning. And that's why Jesus' list of a congratulation stands in such stark contrast because it redefines the good life. So let's talk for a second about this one. Jesus is also saying when he says makarios, another good way to translate that word is happy. Happy are those who are poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. Happy are you when you're persecuted for yours is the kingdom of God. Happiness, again, is one of those words that comes from what for us? Circumstance. Happiness is the feeling of being good about, feeling good about myself and my situation. Happiness is born of comparison and it's based in circumstance. I'm happy because I have more than you <laughs> and life is going my way. You see how happiness works? And you guys may say, well, I'm not that way. You are living in a Western capitalistic world. You are that way. You can't escape it. But it's good for us to see it. And what's 
such bad news about our understanding of happiness is that by our definition of happiness, it is something none of us can ever actually achieve. Because it's always based on comparison and circumstance. One thing that's completely out of a control and also something else that someone will always have more than you have. That's the bad news. But the good news is that Jesus comes in and he declares to thousands of people, I think, in Matthew 5, and he says, Makarios, congratulations. You can come to know fulfillment. You can come to see happiness, discover true contentment, because happy is the one who discovers the kingdom of God. Happy is the one who realizes how close the Father is. Congratulations when you discover in persecution that God is there with you. Now, if all that sounds like empty promises by Jesus, if you're here today and you're a little calloused or extremely sad, or a little dull. You might be saying, okay, that's great, Jake, but I don't feel happy and I don't feel content. I'm in mourning, I'm struggling, I'm in pain. I want you to know we understand. But here's where this teaching takes such great beauty. It's where the words of Jesus takes on such life change. Because what Jesus says here in the text If you just notice, and I want you guys, if you have your Bible open, go there to Matthew 5, verse 3. Notice something and make a little note of this for you to go back to because mourning, grief, pain, suffering, hurt, persecution, it's going to come your way. Hunger, it's going to come your way. But notice what happens in the text here because out of the eight blessings... There's something that Jesus does that's in the details, and it is beautiful. Number one, blessed are the poor in spirit, is in present tense, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And number eight, blessed are you when you're persecuted, for yours is the kingdom of heaven, is in present tense as well. But all the other six in between is future tense. Blessed are you when you're mourned, for you will. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit. Blessed are the hungry and thirsty, for they will be filled. You guys see that? If you're ahead of me, you should be doing this. Boom, right? Because what Jesus is doing is he's showing us the good news. And the good news is he is displaying a kingdom of now, but not fully yet. That yes, some of these things are blessings now, But he's saying to the people in the crowd and he's saying to us today, here is the good news. That when you walk through pain, you are not walking it separate from heaven, but you are walking with it with God. 
that when your marriage is falling apart and when your health is falling apart and when you have lost a loved one and when you are in pain and suffering and when you are in doubt and when your mind won't slow down and when you're stressed and you feel all that stuff, he is giving us this news. Congratulations, God is near. He is here. And he's not just here, but he is building a world in which he will fully be here and all those things that you suffered will be worth it. You see what I'm saying? It's the happiness of we get to live in the now, but not yet. I love that in the chosen scene that we showed a little bit ago, Jesus as the character there, he called it a map. Now, that's not in the text, but I think that's a pretty good description of the Beatitudes. Because what he's doing is actually showing us this, and this this is why we got weight bands on the stage today, is he's showing us that the kingdom is like this weight band. It's good news in that what I do when I come to Jesus is I tether myself to Jesus, and I hold on to Jesus, and as I walk through life, and I, whatever I experience, and I wish I had a bunch of props up here, like a bunch of obstacles that I could go through, right? Stress and hardship and anger and difficulty and all the emotions I face. What Jesus is proclaiming is that the kingdom is this tension that you're holding on to. Is that as I walk through the pain, I still have a pull in my life. I've got the kingdom of God pulling me back to the heart of the Father. That no matter what I face, I'm tethered to something bigger than me. And sometimes life can feel like I have jumped off and I don't have a bungee cord, right? And I don't have a parachute. And I don't know what's next. And Jesus says, congratulations. Welcome. Because the Father, even when you get lost, is near. Even when you are hurting, he's near. Even when you are suffering, even when you don't know where that next paycheck is gonna make ends meet to make those next bills, there's a father who is the king of the kingdom and he's pulling you back. He's with you. That's good news, church. I hope you hear that today. That's good news. It's good news for EEM. Because in the midst of war, man, we have it good, don't we? In the midst of war, God has still got his, his tether on an 82-year-old woman that we heard about this morning from Clyde. Or a seven-year-old boy or a five-year-old boy who's rejoicing in his bedroom because he gets to read the Bible. That's congratulations. God is pulling us back to his heart. We have some good news to share, don't we, church? We have some good news to send through our six missionaries. But for ourselves individually today, you got some good news to tell, to share, and to live into. I hope this is what you're feeling. And if you're not, let us pray for you. Let us lift you up. Let us gather around you. And let us, sometimes we need brothers and sisters to come up and go, don't forget. I'm going to put this on your belt for a little bit because we wonder, right? Or I'm going to put this back 
where it belongs in your hand. I can't get it off of me, which is a good thing. All right. I'm going to put this back in your hand where it belongs. So you can walk the path, pulling you back to the heart of Jesus. If you need anything this morning, we're here for you. And we love you. We're here to pray of you. Let's stand together and let's sing with Corey.